Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together in prayer this morning. Today is Wednesday, and this is the 21st week after Pentecost. This week we have started a reading of the book of 1 Samuel, and we're listening to hear how God is at work and faithful to God's people, even in dark times, even in times of transition and dramatic change. In times like this, the Lord calls us to join, draw close in prayer. This week, I wonder what are you praying for, and how will you know God has heard and answered your request? And now, we begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, 
Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that the Lord told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew up. The Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Did you notice how dim the light is in this chapter? Eli the priest of the Lord is nearly blind. It is nighttime in an era where visions are rare but the lamp of the Lord has not yet gone out. The Lord our God is still present, dwelling among God's people. Samuel has been faithfully ministering before the Lord, but Samuel does not know how to recognize the word of the Lord when this word makes itself known to him. When the Lord calls to Samuel, he runs to Eli, who himself is slow to perceive that the Lord is speaking to the boy. This morning, as we were reading this, I was wondering what makes for such a dimly lit time. Is it that the Lord, for some reason or another, is suddenly silent or distant? Or is vision rare simply because people have stopped inquiring of the Lord? Or because people stopped listening for the Lord? or because they had turned to listen to other voices, to consult other oracles, or simply chose to grope about blindly. I suppose such choices were the ones that Eli's sons had made, to stop their ears to the word of the Lord, to listen to their own voices. If we live in darkness long enough, our eyes adjust to some extent, and dim becomes the new normal. People who have never walked in the light cannot imagine what it means when daylight finally dawns. Of course, the actions of Eli's sons can have a chilling effect on faith. Who would want to seek to live in the presence of a God whose representatives act with such uh, evil intent? 
When the Lord comes and stands before Samuel, we not only learn that the time of Eli's leadership is over, but we know who the Lord has selected to serve in his place. As Samuel grows in wisdom and stature, as the Lord continues to speak to Samuel and through Samuel to the whole nation, as the Lord continues to establish the trustworthiness and faithfulness of Samuel's word, the time of Eli and his house come to a close. Note how the change is not a change in worship, not a change in God, not a change in the Torah, not a change that people bring about because they sense a need for reform, but this is God's doing, God's choice, God's initiative. God has changed God's leadership team and has found in Samuel, finally, a faithful prophet who will do according to what is in the Lord's heart and in the Lord's mind. That is what the Lord is searching for, according to the word of the oracle spoken to Eli in in chapter 2. And this is what the Lord is developing in Samuel, what we see growing up right before us. And right out of the gate, the boy prophet must deliver the horrible news of God's judgment to the one person in his life that he is closest to. But also what grace, what grace to know why it is that this man that uh, you would call father, will be taken away from him. Eli's acceptance and obedience to God's word is amazing in its own right. He knows that his life will come to an end. He knows that the wickedness of his sons will not go unpunished. And yet he also continues to love and nurture Samuel. Notice how many times he calls him his son. Do you think Eli finds consolation in the boy that God has given to him in his old age? the boy that is becoming all his own sons refused to be. In the end, are not our true kin those God gives to us in faith and in Christ? Where Eli's flesh and blood sons have fallen short, the Son of God's grace has been faithful, and through him the light of God's presence is still shining among God's people. In the tenderness and compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us to show mercy to our forebearers, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. 
Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, the communion of faith in your church and for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and especially for our congregation, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, for all who work to bring about peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for those who are sick, for those who are mourning. For who else or for what else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.